Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man that says, when one door closes, another one opens, and that's probably how prisons work. <laughs> it's Dale. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of buzzing and uh, banging going on in prisons, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Yeah. That is uh, unknown territory for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always thought that I would probably do okay in prison until the first night of showers when my temporary tattoos washed off. Yeah. And after that, your coolness is gone, bro. I am, yeah. All your innocence just went down the drain. Yeah, no doubt oh, about it. Oh, man. So, how you doing, man? I am great, bud. How are you? I'm all right, I guess. I'm trying to stay safe during this mess. It's a mess. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope everybody else is staying safe out there. And we in our secret underground uh, bacteria free uh, recording facility today. Exactly. <laughs> you got any shout outs for us, Dale? I do, man. Uh, I know we said before that uh, you don't really have to do donations or reviews or anything for us to give you a shout out because we just, we give shout outs to everybody just because we, uh, we really appreciate everybody. But today we do have a few special ones and it will knock you to the top of the list. So I want to give a big shout out to Mary Feltz. Thanks so much for your donation to our PayPal on our uh, our website. That is very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Um, had a couple people give us great reviews. Uh, Tigress four thirteen. Thank you so much for the review. is much appreciated. And Storm Sage. Thank you for your review too. It really means a lot to us to have people go out of their way to spend uh, all that time typing in a few letters and saying thanks and that was a uh, apple podcast review yeah yeah so that's pretty really awesome cool. and uh one more i got a buddy of mine who uh just found us he lives up in nova scotia his name is uh joe hollery and uh just want to tell him thanks for checking us out and then uh passing on the, the good word of the crack house chronicles exactly and we're thinking about all those people up in nova scotia there's a bad shooting up there this week yeah man he was telling me about that and he was he's pretty distraught over it because it just that doesn't happen up there and, yeah and uh yeah really think about you guys and that's just some bad stuff. Said yeah. The guy was uh, dressed as a, as a police officer. Pulling yeah, people over and, and shooting them. It was just some, some sad stuff. Just hanging in there, guys. We're thinking about you. Just for the record, the Canadian Royal Mounted Police are not always on horses dressed as Dudley Durack. <laughs> I, I was correct. <laughs> you found that out, huh? <laughs> All right. I used to watch Dudley Durack. Pretty good, pretty good cartoon. Yeah, I was always a Snidely Whiplash fan. Was <laughs> All right, Dale. We're going to get into this week's episode. All righty, man. What we got? We have got a... <laughs> we've got a shooting Ooh. and Speaking this is a grocery store shooting hmm. and this takes place here in our own home state of north carolina and it is in the town of windsor 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 north carolina and it is in the county of bertie county that's not to be confused with windsor castle which is in london yeah this is windsor <laughs> the town of windsor and yeah this is a very rural part of North Carolina. Yeah, very. It's a large, actually one of the largest counties in North Carolina. Land-wise. Yes, landmass. But, but as the far population as, is pretty small. Very small. Very yeah. I, I looked up, it's a, it's, it's pretty large by land, but small by people. Even I thought our county was not very populated, but we were way, way, way more populated than they are in uh, this county. Windsor is the county seat yeah. of Birdie, Birdie County. County, yeah. And Windsor, the town of Windsor, the population, the 2000 census, there's only 2,200 people living in the town of Windsor at that time. It ain't very many at all, is it? No, uh-uh. And for the whole county, it's just a little over 21,000 for the entire county. 
And by comparison, I think uh, Cleveland County, which is where we are, there's close to 99,000 people in this county. Yeah. Which is really surprising when I looked that up because I didn't know. We've got a lot of rural areas here in this county. Right. So I cannot imagine how remote some places are. Right. But anyway, this... They spread out. This murder takes place in the town of Windsor in Birdie County. And Birdie County is in the north eastern part of north carolina out toward the coast yep and this takes place in a supermarket called Bilo, not to be confused with Bilo. right i thought it was a typo at first i have to admit it is by it is <laughs> it is Bilo. you confused it already i am confused it is Bilo. b-e-l-o now which is kind of strange to me but okay yeah <laughs> i guess they want to think their prices are below everyone else's or we just have where yeah i'll with that <laughs> but we be lower than everybody else I don't know. but i don't know if you know this being such a small town i don't know if this was the only supermarket in that town it probably was could be you know two thousand people they might have had a little drugstore here and there but right. this may have been the only supermarket there and this is in 93 on june 6th 1993 right that's when this takes place and dale this is when six employees at the Bilo in windsor were tied up before three of them were shot and killed mm. and this happened at around 6 p.m when the store manager grover lee cecil jr but everybody called him bud yeah this was a sunday too by the way this was on a sunday at 6 p.m he locked the doors yep like and, i said you know it made his rounds make sure nobody was in the store getting ready to close up for the day getting the cleaning crew coming they was having a cleaning crew in this day yeah he was checking the store you know make sure you know i think he went up and down the aisles and went down by the aisles make sure everybody was tell everybody we're closing you need to get your stuff and go to the front and check out please yep i'm assuming i wasn't there um yeah i'm assuming i've been in stores when they've done that yeah before. either over a loudspeaker or something but i don't know yeah so maybe he was the loudspeaker good man and there was just one other store employee there and her name was joyce reason right she was a 36 year old cashier right now dale there was supposed to be a cleaning crew there that night of four people. Yeah, it's coming in to wax the floors, I believe. Yeah, this, like I said, this is on a Sunday evening. So I guess, you know, I don't know how often they wax the floors. I don't know how often they done that. So, you know, there, there were going to be four extra people in the store that night. Right. Taking care of this floor cleaning. It's just floor. a bad day to be cleaning floors, I guess. Yeah, exactly. These other four people were Johnny Rankins Jr., Thomas Hardy, Sylvester Welch, which everyone called Tony, and Jasper Hardy Jr. And Jasper and Thomas Hardy were brothers. Right. Okay. And we're going we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Like we said, Bud locked the doors at around 6 p.m. And the cleaning crew was already in there. And at some point, a man emerged from inside the store. Yeah. And Bud just thought that here we've locked somebody in here. Yeah, and I he, missed somebody, and he needed to get out. Right, but this man produced a gun. Yeah, forty-five caliber handgun, big one. Yeah, and he instructed Bud and Joyce, I think a cloth sack, yeah. and wanted it filled with money. Right, and I think it was about three thousand dollars. Yeah, it was at the end of the day, so he was getting everything they had from that day. And I guess since it's a Sunday in small town, 
that's probably a pretty good haul for that i guess yeah i don't know and i, I don't know the hours of the store again I'm, I'm only i'm assuming they probably opened it after lunch and closed it around six yeah i don't know all I, all I saw was they closed at 6 p.m yeah yeah he got all the cash and the money orders for that day and he then he instructed bud and joyce to head toward the back of the store right where they found three of the other crew members that were going to clean floors yep and he had them head back toward the back of the store into a i think it was almost like a i've heard that it was a the meat section or it could have been an employee section of the back of the store like a like a separate room off from the store yeah probably like a storage right off from the uh, meat market i would think yeah somewhere near and bud was heading toward the back of the store when he saw the other employees and the other employees well we're just gonna say the ones that survived said the look on bud's face was just they had a weird look yeah their weird emotional look yeah yeah because they didn't see the gun at first exactly because the gun they didn't realize what was going on they just knew they had a uh a uh, black fellow with them that they didn't recognize. Yeah, and he was walking behind them with the gun. Right. And evidently, this gunman knew that there was another person in the store. It yeah. was unaccounted for. Right. He knew there was an, uh, another uh, cleaning crew member that was, wasn't was with him. So this dude knew what he was doing. Yeah, he had scoped it out, definitely. So evidently, he was hiding somewhere in the store. He had, sometime during the day, he just hung out yep. and just... In, well, he knew he, he knew the store because apparently he walked uh, Bud and uh, Joyce down the pet aisle because he he gathered up some dog leashes and stuff on his way back to wherever he was taking them. Yeah, so mm. he, yeah, he had this yeah. he had this planned out. Yeah, so he'd been in there a while and had planned it out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. So when they got back to the back of the room, they I guess that some point they had found the other crew member. Yeah, the other floor cleaner, and he had them start tying each other up with the dog leashes and duct tape that yeah, he had. Yeah, he brought it with him, yeah, supposedly. He had, yeah, yeah, he had duct tape with him. So he instructed them to start tying their legs up and tying each other up. Yep. And after that, he instructed them to lie on the floor in three stacks of two. Yep, stacked them up. You'd think, you know, boy, we've cooperated. We've given the money. We've tied ourselves up. We can't tell. You'd think, well, I think we're good now. He's just going to take the money and run, but... That's not what he had on his mind. No. They said that he also said, you know, I hope God will forgive me for about what I'm about to do. And then there was three gunshots. Okay, so what I, re- what I heard or what I read was that Joyce and Bud were both shot in the head. Um, Tony was shot, and I'm thinking it was in the back, but I'm not really sure about that one. And Thomas Hardy, no, not Thomas Hardy, but Johnny Rankins was shot. And... Johnny Rankins was killed, Joyce was killed, and Bud was killed. So, in my mind, I'm thinking that uh, it was it was also reported that Bud and Joyce sustained head wounds, so they were both shot in the head. And then Johnny Rankins was shot in the back. So, I figured that Joyce and Bud were in two different stacks, both taking head shots, and then um, Johnny Rankins would have been, like, shot in the back so as he was shooting like bang bang and then to the third as he went to i'm assuming to his right it didn't say if he's right hand or left hand but i don't know in my head the way i'm thinking the stacks was it'd be that but I, i'm not i'm not sure that's just what i was thinking yeah but he only shot three shots in his gun jam so he, could, he couldn't continue shooting but but three people were killed um 
Tony Tony Welch was also shot in the back. So I was just assuming that he was underneath Johnny Rankins, who got shot in the back and killed. Yeah. So if he was shot, well, I think he got shot in the back. Johnny, for sure, I'm not positive about Tony, but I know he, he, he did sustain a gunshot wound. Um, but so I figured – since he was shot in the back, the, the through would go definitely into the back or so of the other guy. Mm-hmm. Now the, but I don't know what you think about it. I guess maybe the headshots could have been together, but where would the third shot get went? It just depends on how they were laying, I guess. Yeah. To me, that would, that it makes sense to me in, in my way of thinking, the way I picture it is that the Joyce and Bud were on top of separate stacks and Tony Rankin or Johnny Rankin, excuse me, was on top of the third stack. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. The three that were killed were on top. That makes sense to me. Now it would make sense, you know, because they're going to get the most damage for sure. Yeah, and he was carrying a forty-five caliber. Yeah, big which would do a lot of damage. Yeah, and it jammed. Or it, they, I don't. They say it jammed, but who knows? You know, maybe only had three bullets. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, only one guy that did was unharmed after the final thing, but. I mean, I know they were survivors, but really, unless he was just really making a big deal and saying, damn, my gun jammed, how would you really know? Yeah. You know, I mean, and maybe that's why he stacked them up that way. Maybe he only had three bullets, and maybe that was the reason for the stacks. Otherwise, why wouldn't he just shoot away? Yeah, just lay them, lay them out and start. So that, that whole stacking up thing really is a weird detail to me, and I thought, well, maybe he only had three bullets, and he had a forty-five. so in his mind, that was going to take care of business, and probably it should have. Yeah. I don't think he had that much ammo. So, yeah, and, and we'll get into little, some other theories, too, but we'll bring that one back up. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's that's my, my way of thinking. I, I think they were – but I really didn't see anywhere where it said specifically how they were arranged in those three stacks. That would make more sense, especially the ones on the bottom surviving. Right. And the ones on top just, you know, yeah. being killed instantly. Yeah, that makes more that makes sense to me. Now, either whether we run out of ammo or whether we run or the gun jammed, either way, he wasn't done. No, because either either when the gun run out of bullets or it jammed, whichever one happened, and he left that little room and went to some type of kitchen or he probably went in the meat market. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Now, what I read was he got it from somewhere in the store, but hell, if they're right beside the meat market, there's plenty of knives in there. He went in there and got a knife. Uh, yeah, big butcher knife. Yeah. And he came back. Yes. And that's when he slashed Thomas Hardy's throat and started stabbing him in the back. Yeah. Um, from witness counts, he said that uh, he had asked him, uh, are you going to tell the cops, you know, who, who robbed the store? And, and he probably said no. And he said, well, I don't believe you. And started violently stabbing him in the back and in the throat so much, though, that he broke the knife blade off. Yeah. And that's pretty damn rough. Yeah. Yeah, that's some hard stabbing yeah, right there. And that was uh, Thomas Hardy yeah, who was stabbed. Throat slashed and knife broke off in the back. Right. Can't even imagine. So then he looked over at his brother, who was uh, Jasper Hardy, and asked him the same question. And he said, well, I really didn't get a good enough look at anybody to tell anybody much of anything. And he said, well, big man, uh, I guess the day's your lucky day. I'm going to let you live, and you're going to be the hero. So yeah. he was unharmed. And later he told accounts of how he felt the impact of when the guy was on top of him was shot. He could feel the, you know, the impact of him getting shot. But as far as being wounded any kind of way, besides mentally, he he was uh, unscathed. Physically, he was fine. Yes. Yeah. 
Sylvester Welch, one they, the one they called Tony. Yes. He was the one that was shot in the back. The gunman left. Yeah, after that, he got his money bag and, and just left. He just left. It had been reported, too, that Tony Welch, there was so much blood there. It was so much blood that it actually loosened the duct tape. Yeah. It, it caused the duct tape to come loose. Got a little slimy. Yeah. yeah. And he managed, I don't know how long it took, but he managed to crawl his way to the front of the store. Inch by inch. Inch by inch. I mean, he'd, he'd been shot in the back. Yeah. And you know, even in small grocery stores, that's a that's a pretty good ways from the back of the store. Usually the meat market is, or, you know, in the, the very back of the store up to the front to yeah. the cashiers. And he managed to crawl his way, leaving a blood trail to yep. the front of the store. And he managed to call 911. Mm-hmm. And Dale, we have that 911 call right here. Okay. victims that he was a former police officer yes and he had been fired after a drug deal it a bad, bad drug deal or something but uh, who knows yeah i don't know and that really doesn't make sense to me but he's the one who got the gun so that's what we're going with exactly and they managed to get a composite drawing of him yeah he's a black male uh slender build with a medium complexion uh, six foot to six foot two, uh, 175 to 200 pounds is what I, yeah, it was the description I found. Yeah. Yeah. And it, carrying a 45 caliber handgun. It said he had a, a haircut was, it looked like a military style haircut. Right. So it must've been like a high and tight or, or tight fade up the side or something. Yeah. But there is a composite drawing and we'll put that on our Yeah. We have uh, several pictures we're going to post on our social media accounts. So everybody can look at this. So when the, got, the cops got there, man, you know it's going to be some kind of scene, especially for this such a small community. They did find bullet casings, so they'll tell you there was an automatic. Um, they found fingerprints and reportedly found some DNA and then some shoe prints. And they found a couple different shoe prints, but one of them was uh, said to be one of the EMT workers, so it was thrown out. But they did find shoe prints, fingerprints, DNA, and some bullet casings, and all that stuff was matched up to former police, former military, and uh, any of that stuff, and none of it's ever been Mm-mm. matched up. To yeah, the, the thinking, too, that the knife breaking off in the back of oh, yeah, he took Johnny Rankins. Too. Yeah, if, if the handle broke or the knife broke, is a possibility he got cut. Oh, yeah. You know, he could have injured his hand and maybe bled, too. Uh, you know, but we don't know what DNA was found. hell if it was in the – well, yeah, well, yeah, he might have been driven going out the door. I was going to say in the middle of that – 
pond of blood back there. It'd be hard to separate. But yeah, dripping out the door, possibly. Yeah, because it wasn't said what DNA was found, but they did find some. Yeah. But it, I guess it still hasn't matched up, and it's really hard to believe that even if they've retried it now and it still hasn't come up that this guy was not, I wouldn't say, well, I don't want to say for sure, but I, in my belief, I would think he's not former police or former military because they'd have all that on record, at least mm-hmm. fingerprints. You think, yeah. Maybe not DNA, but they would have fingerprints. Absolutely. It was later reported, Dale, later that evening that there was a vehicle screaming out of town. Yeah. With a Maryland license plates. Yeah, a white car. Yeah. Reported there were two men in this car, but I don't know. It's just, that's kind of a weird, oh, yeah, I saw a white car leaving with Maryland Place today, but, you know, it's possible because, mm-hmm. you know, 6 o'clock, this is in June, so it's not going to get dark to around 9 or so uh, in North Carolina around that, that, that time of the year. So it, it's possible, you know, that somebody saw a strange car, but that doesn't mean it's connected, but doesn't mean it's not either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what gets me is, you know, this guy staking this place out. Did, it just, did he just come up on this place randomly and, you know, it looks like a good place to that make is, a hit? Yeah, that is one of the theories that, it, you know, it was just random. He just come on and, you know, kind of staked, staked out the store, you know, or took it over and planned it out and, and then done it. But I don't know. That is one of the one of the main theories out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy that. You just out of the hill. You know, but, you know, they were saying maybe he was former military, but, you know, I just said I don't think he is. But, you know, there's a lot of military-type bases and stuff in that part of the state. It is. You know. Out toward uh, the eastern part of North yeah, Carolina. a yeah. lot. And I looked today, and there are several. You know, not of them are really big bases. Some of them are just smaller places, but there's a lot of that type stuff around. So it's possible. And if he was uh, – stationed here or he was here and then lived in maryland it could be a possibility that he'd been through there before but i don't i don't, I don't think it's i don't think it's random myself but they said his his demeanor the whole time he was calm and collected calm and collected he showed no anger or anything like that he was just laid back yeah it's like you know he'd done that before yeah it didn't he didn't i mind. mean could he have been a serial killer that nobody knows anything about and the money was just a extra. Could be. Because, you know, why not just rob the place and go? Yeah. And if he was looking, you know, if he's looking for the money, he could have robbed the place and go. And if he was just hell bent on killing people, he could have just walked in the door and start blasting. You know, mm-hmm. all this intricate getting dog leashes and the duct tape and taking them back there and stacking them up and shooting them. That this, I don't know, unless, you know, it's back to the ammo question, but. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good theory. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but you know, three thousand dollars ninety three is a little over five thousand a day. Yeah, I mean that's not a lot, but I, you know, people got killed for twenty bucks. You know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He had a motive to kill somebody too. I think. Right. And and rob too. I think. I don't know which. I don't know which one. That was. No, and uh, you set know, out to do. Another theory is that maybe he was just targeting a certain person that was there. But if that was the case, it would probably have to either be Bud or Joyce because the cleaning crew wouldn't be in there on a regular time. And if he just and they're not know, there all the time, right? You know, and I'm sure I don't know how often you do this kind of stuff in grocery stores because I don't work in one. 
I did about a long time ago, but I still couldn't tell you how often you do the floors. But, you know, I don't know. And there's nothing in any of them's background to say they had crossed paths before to say mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe he was just targeting someone and then killed everybody to cover his tracks. So, yeah, that thing we were talking about earlier about the ammo, I've seen a lot of people were talking about that they didn't think it was a, a next cop or anything because they would always carry an extra clip. But, hell, what would that matter? It wouldn't matter if he had an extra clip if his gun jammed and he only shot three times. You know, he could pop, you know, he mm-hmm. would still have ammo, ammunition in his thing, but maybe he didn't want to take time to un- unjam the gun, whatever that consists of, taking it apart, taking the slide off and all that. But I, I still, would you go in order somewhere to kill people if you only had three bullets? I mean, I don't know. It's, this is a really. Uh, strange that's why he stacked them up and you know stacked them up in stacks right. of three and just he knew that 45 was going to go all the way through that's what i'm thinking man i i, I don't really think that it i don't know one I mean, shot per stack yeah be done yeah three shots done but now maybe the survivor told him that you know he said he jammed his gun up but i, I don't know that for a fact so i'm going my theory is that he only had three bullets he went in there to rob them up he had a 45. He knew it was a, you know, a, a damn big gun, and he stacked them up to be done, like you said. Three shots, I'm done. I've got the money. I'm out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's all just theory because nobody knows really. Now, Jasper Hardy, he was the one that wasn't hurt at all. Yes. He didn't suffer any injuries at all, but like you said. But he was questioned extensively on this. Oh, I'm sure. You know, why? why you? Why are you not? Hurt. Why didn't he do anything to you? And I'm sure he thinks the same thing now. I I don't know. I thought about that at first, but unless you really hate your brother, <laughs> you, you know, mean? you know, what would you be involved? You go, okay, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. That one's. I mean, you lay in there and see your brother's throat be slashed and a knife broke off in his back. Yeah. Why? Why would you? Yeah. And it's only luck, lucky that he wasn't killed too. Yeah. He was in the stack, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was completely out of harm's way the whole time. So I don't, I don't think he's involved. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not an investigator, but I play one on TV. <laughs> yeah, we play one, we play one on the podcast. There you go. That's it. They've had memorials for this shooting in recent past, you know, but Jasper and some of the other survivors, they don't go. They just, it's just too much oh, yeah. for them to even. I'm sure it's very traumatic, man. Yeah. You see two people that you work with and it's just shot in the head. I would, ne- I would never go outside again. I mean, it just, I can't imagine. Every time you'd go in a grocery store, that's all you'd think about. Yeah. And I don't think uh, the Belo is a grocery store anymore. I think it's um, a community building now. Hmm. But they do have a plaque inside the door um, acknowledging this you know, this event and the the people who lost their lives that day. So really they don't have any leads and never have, have they? No, none. None There's at like all. even a thirty thousand dollar reward up to this day it's still active and they still haven't found out anything, which is really shocking. Yeah, this June the sixth will be twenty seven years. Yeah, twenty seven. So yeah. But if anybody has any information at all, you know, you can contact your local crime stoppers or you know, you can contact the Birdie County Sheriff's Department here in North Carolina and leave a tip. Mm. Yeah. So this is a pretty, 
pretty mysterious case. I mean, you know, it's got it all, I guess, you know, robbery, murder, shooting, tied up, strange, stacked up. And I, I've thought about this a good bit. I, I can't make heads or tails of it. It don't make sense to me. There's no, what's the motive besides the money? Yeah, even the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Holly, he was even quoted to say, and he said, things like that, you know, you never forget. You never forget. It's the worst thing I've seen in approximately 31 years. Oh, I'm sure it was just awful. What a mess. Mm, yeah. Destroyed all those people's lives, man. Even the ones that weren't killed. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, they left families. Joyce Reason, the cashier that was killed, she had twin daughters. Mm. And Grover, Bud Cecil, he had a family. So, you know, it's just it's, it's a sad situation. And still unsolved today. Yeah, and no answers. That, that's, that might be the worst part. Well, not the worst part, but, you know, no closure on anything. So all you know is what happened and no reason why or, you know. Yep. All right, Dale. We're going to wind this up and get out of here, bud. All righty. All right, we want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The, the Crack, Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.